WVON is proud to present Her Wind Trust, helping women make money moves. This exclusive weekly feature during the Perry Small Show is brought to you by Chicago's Bank, Wind Trust Financial. All right, it is 11:37 on the Talk of Chicago 1690 WVON. My name is Perry Small and you're listening of course to Her Wintrust, one of my favorite segments on WVON and for the midday show. And this one is a real special one, a very special one. Uh, our guest is Juliana Richardson and many of you know her. Uh, but if you don't she is the founder and creator and the executive director of the History Makers. This is an oral video archive of African Americans and their contributions uh, to this country and, and to their communities. And if you don't know it, you can be any place in the world, in the world, and you can have access to this archive. And so with that, it is my great honor to welcome Juliana Richardson to the Midday Show and her Wind Trust. Hi, Juliana. How are Hi. you? I'm fine. How are you, Perry, for that wonderful introduction? Oh, my goodness. Thank you. You know I have so much respect and love for you for what you have done and the people that you have captured on video and so that they will never be um, forgotten. Do you remember who your first history maker was? Yes, my our first history maker in Chicago was Barry Mayo, um, urban radio legend. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Barry Mayo, right. Mm-hmm, Barry Mayo. Mm-hmm. That was our first interview. That was in, in February of 2000. And then we were working on Negro Baseball League players, Pullman Porters, and Tuskegee Airmen. Oh, primarily. wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, um, so we're talking about 21 years ago. What was your vision for History Makers? It's, is it what has come to fruition? Yes, it has. Okay. Um, and what we're still trying to make come to fruition. Um, I wanted to take traditional oral histories um, video, on video because I wanted people to be able to see people, not have to imagine how someone looked mm-hmm. and sounded like. And I wanted to combine that with state-of-the-art technology um, online. And so that was the vision. Um, at that point in time, you know, we didn't have access to state-of-the-art technology, and but we decided to start, you know, I started literally from my dining room table, and I had been influenced as a young kid, um, mainly because I grew up in a small town that there were not that many black people in. In in Pennsylvania, and, right? You grew up in um, Pennsylvania. You grew up in Pennsylvania. Right. Well, well, I was I I was raised in Pennsylvania until I was nine, and then moved to a little town called Newark, Ohio, oh, outside okay. of Columbus. Okay. Um, but yes, between, um, so my formative years, like my sort of coming up, were more in Newark, Ohio. And um, and so the teacher asked us to talk about our family backgrounds. Back then, the only thing we studied were George Washington Carver and his peanuts and slavery. 
and everybody's hands shot up in the air like they were. I'm part German, I'm part French, I'm part Italian, and I'm sitting there like, what was I? And I'm basically may have said Negro or Black, um, and then I added in Native American. Then I added in French because I didn't want to be left out knowing I had lied. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> Because <laughs> everybody else was exotic. Right. I wanted to be exotic, too. And because um, my father had been stationed in France, that's where he had come up with right, that. Right, right. Um, but, but that feeling of not knowing stayed with me until I was in my sophomore year at Brandeis University. And I was doing research in New York Schomburg's library, like, the you know, Carter G. Woodson here. Right, right, right. And I... Um, you know, I'm listening to this song, I'm Just Wild About Harry, realize it's written by a black songwriting team of Noble Sissel and U.B. Blake in the 1921 production of Shuffle Along on Broadway. <clears throat> and then there was a famous uh, librarian at the Schomburg named Jean Hudson, uh-huh. and she had given me names of people to talk to, like Butterfly McQueen, who had starred in Gone with the Wind, right. Lee Whipper, who was the oldest living black actor, tap dancer Honey Coles, historian John Henry Clark, and I went around and talked to everyone who would talk to me. Wow. And so people know me in Chicago as a, you know, a lawyer, um, but my background's originally in theater, and I used to do a lot of acting and directing. And actually, when I first came to Chicago, my first involvement was with Kumba Theater. Oh, it's wow. I no didn't know that. Around. Yes, no, Valerie Ward is very, very, very much my mentor here. Yeah, I used to work with her husband in the mayor's press office. Oh, yes, Francis. Yeah, yes, sure did. I, I loved both of them. They are an amazing people. Amazing people. So, um, so anyway, Val became my mentor, and I was serving on her board, and I was actually Kumba's, the, you know, lawyer. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think... It's appropriate I start in a place like Chicago because this city is so rich with its history. Yes. Um, Really amazing history um, that um, is not, in some cases, replicated in other parts of the country. That's true. And people look to Chicago in in every avenue, it rather it be politics, the arts. You know, we have more black theater in Chicago than I think, and and community theater than I think we have in New York. I just want to remind everyone, uh, we're on Facebook Live, and we are talking to Juliana Richardson, the founder and director of History Makers. And this is what I, I find interesting, Juliana. You were able to bring all of your expertise in all of your background as a woman together and and, and to pull off this history makers. Did you understand? I mean, when you thought about it, did you think about now, how am I going to monetize this and how am I going to make money? How long was it before you were practicing law that you decided to just do this on a regular basis, or have you not even gotten to that point yet? No, no. I mean, I um, I started when I was out of job. Um, I had practiced corporate law here for a couple years at Jenner and Block. I then started um, a home shopping channel that went belly up. 
And then I have been managing these local cable channels. And then the city took them over. And so I really was really sort of lost for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. And out of that process, and I tell people that sometimes at your darkest moment will come what you're really intended to do. And so those stories came back to me. And a lot of people thought at some point that I sort of lost my mind. Right. But I was... But the name came to me, and I started doing research. My legal skills kicked in. Mm -hmm. I would say that um, monetizing is not what I would talk. How do I raise the money? Mm -hmm. Because um, it was estimated that it would cost $30 million to build, and it has cost that much. Wow. Each interview costs about $6,000. It's not just the videotaping costs, it's the archival work right. that has to go. And so we've now um, interviewed um, almost 3,400 people in 413 cities and towns across the United States. That is amazing. Um, Chicago has the largest representation of almost 600 people of any state in the, any city in the United States. Um, we've also traveled to Norway and um, uh, Mexico and the Caribbean. In fact, I just had someone named Grace Brumbry write to me last night saying, are you coming to Vienna still? Oh, you know, wow. You so we, um, we're really trying to change the dialogue of African-American achievement and accomplishment. And basically, in a world that we talk about Black Lives Matter, we basically are able to take people into the lives of black people in a major way. Are you, um, at some point, are you ever amazed? I mean, how do people in, in, in Norway and Europe and Budapest and all of these different places, what do they think of this project, the history makers? And are they surprised that... You know that the, that African Americans are so accomplished. Are they surprised that when they hear these and see these people, that they're beautiful, that they're articulate, they're you know they're they're wonderful people? I mean, what do they tell you? I mean, uh, well, after they've I mean, seen these these beautiful uh, people, um, I think that um, you know everybody is. Um, attracted to stories that they don't know, right, if they can get past uh, thinking they know. And so, yeah, people express wonderment and surprise. Um, I would say what has been fascinating to us is going to places that are not typically African-American. Like, we have not been to every state in the United States yet. Mm -hmm. We're trying. There are 12 states. We have not done interviews in, but the last Two years found us both in Hawaii and in um, in um, Alaska. And Alaska, both of those histories go back to the 1800s of black people there. And, you know, I've never been to the state of Montana, but that history goes back to the 1800s. And one of our researchers recently, they thought that I was joking. And then they went and did some research themselves and found, like in the 1930s, several black organizations that existed. That history is sort of long gone when we look at it now and what Montana is now. But places like Oregon were white-only white states at one time. So I'm interested in that. Um, 
But, you know, back to Chicago, I'm also interested in us not losing the history that we have here. And so I've been on a mission recently, um, I would say in the last decade, but more intensified the last four years. Um, because we just, you know, this week we just lost last, well, this week and then last week, we lost uh, Dr. Manfred Bird. Right. And then we lost um, Dory Wilson. Right. Just a couple of days ago. Right. And um, what, if you look around um, at the libraries and museums and the archives, um, the black experience is really not well preserved. Oh, wow. And um, there's very little of it. And the, the, the Carter G. Woodson should be our focus and getting more things there. It's, it's, they have an amazing collection, but it could be triply more amazing because most of the people that we've interviewed here have no repository for their collection. Wow. You know, and so you think about that. I mean, Eugene Pinchum, luckily, you know, his paper's over at Chicago State. Yes. Daniel Black is at Carter G. Woodson. Hermine Hartman just went um, and digitized all of her things. But I've been really on a, I've been on a mission um, that we change that. Dr. Manfred Bird, for all of his years at Chicago Public Library. Mm-hmm. I mean, schools. Schools, sorry. There, there was no record. We can find no record there. I took Dr. Bart Bird down there after having tried to look for um, over two years. And there was no photographs. There were no records. I just can't believe this. Believe that. Like we did, like these people didn't exist. They didn't exist. And, you know, when when I saw that Dr. Bird had passed on, and I live next, I live next door to the daughter of Robert Johnson, who was an interim uh, superintendent of schools, and they they actually watched me grow. He actually watched me grow up. To think that it's a possibility that if I wanted to um, tell Lauren where to go to find out about her father being a Chicago Public Schools uh, superintendent. I couldn't probably get it anywhere. I mean that it's mind blowing. Right. So what? So so what? You what? I the reason why I'm so happy that you're here is because do you? I don't even know if you know how important the work that you do is. It is so important, and I just feel like if there was ever a person who had a mission from God, you would be it, Juliana, really. I think this just came straight from the divine. What, who, whose life's work was a mission from God, it would be the history makers. It's absolutely incredible. Do you feel yeah. that way? I feel that I've been guided by my enslaved ancestors. And I really, I mean, there's so much need for this because I was like this little kid who didn't know. And there's something about identity and identity formation that's so important. And plus, as we see um, by the recent events, 
um, that people don't know about the black experience. And what I'm really on a mission right now, as I was saying, we cannot lose the 20th century. We only have about five to 10 years left. And this, it's no joke. There's a crisis in our community mm-hmm. at the lack of do- documentation that exists. And that cannot, that can't continue at all. Have you thought, let me ask you this, since um, uh, Stacey Abrams and uh, Black Lives Matter, has, they have been nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize. Is that something you'd like to, um, are those two people, two, that organization and Stacey, are, are they something? Because if, with Black Lives Matter, I don't know who you would interview for that. Oh, no, we've interviewed two of the founders, two or three of the founders. Okay, all right. Um, so we do that. We, You know, our average age has been 70 and above, so, of course, Stacey Abrams will be on our list, just along with Amanda Gorman. But we do both well-known and unsung. Right. So there are a lot of people that we do that are not nationally known, but we have 15 different categories um, across different disciplines, and... I would just say to your, you know, listenership um, that, you know, we're, we're very appreciative of Chicago's role mm-hmm. and how we've been supported. And what we're very focused on is getting the content out. And one of my big missions is why are we not in Chicago public schools? Oh, that yeah, is that day. that is absolutely. I agree 100 percent. What is your relationship with Mary, uh, Mayor Lori Lightfoot? Do you have one? Um, not, not, not. I mean, I've been traveling, but no, we, we haven't been very active politically, you know, at all. But well, I'm we, not you know, I'm not talking just, about yeah. politics. I'm just saying for, for something like what you want to do. I mean, this is what I love about you. You are so focused and you want you want to know why history makers is not part of the curriculum in Chicago public schools when nearly half of the children in those schools are black. But it doesn't matter because everybody should know our history. That's right. But we, our, our, our attempt to get into CPS goes way before Lori Lightfoot. Okay. So this has been, um, so I can't put that on her. No, 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 no. Um, I'm not trying to put it on her. I'm just, that's why I asked you for about a relationship because if there was a time that, we, you know, for us to try to do this, no, we weren't going to get this with Rahm Emanuel in place. No, we weren't going to get this with Daly because right. of their disinvestment in our communities in the first place. But I'm just saying, I, I mean, you have someone like Janice Jackson as the CPS superintendent and you have, you know, a black female mayor. Well, I would love, I would love, you know, to have you talk to them and talk to them or, or one of their representatives, because it is important that right. history makers is in the public schools. Well, that's right. Janice Jackson knows we've been trying to do that. That conversation with her goes back some years. Okay. So we're, we're hoping that it will change. Any, anything else? What, what are, where do you see history makers mm, five, ten years from now? Um, our goal is to be the digital repository for the black experience. Mm. 
these um, this um, the you know during COVID we've been open when most archives are closed. Mm-hmm. Um, the digital archive works very well on Zoom. Uh, this thing about you know people not having repositories. My goal is to try to save as many of our history makers' papers by digitizing them mm-hmm. and adding them to the collection and making them accessible. I'm hoping that uh, we want to give, really have the strongest record um, and working in partnership with other institutions. Don't get me, don't think that we don't, whether it's the Sabo Museum mm-hmm. or other institutions, our goal is to really work in partnership. I love that. Um, because we're not, we're not, we're, we don't have a building. Our focus has been online. We love doing programming. And so I just think I'm hoping that here in Chicago that we can, as we move forward, because we had to get the archives built. So we were not, you know, we'd like to be a very good in terms of dissemination now out into the public. And the other thing I would like viewers to know is that everybody, everybody here in in the city can have free access to the digital archive, which is separate from our website. Okay. So all 9,000 hours, everything that's housed at the Library of Congress is available to everyone free of charge through Chicago Public Library. What about, um, you know, I love Lonnie Bunch, of course, who who was here for many years and now oversees the entire Smithsonian uh, group. Uh, How about that? I I mean, is that a goal of yours, too, to get into the Smithsonian or the Library of Congress? No, no, we're in the Library of Congress. That's our permanent repository. Okay. So the library made more sense. So let me just say that archives preserve the history that are showcased by museums. So in terms of showcasing that partnership, but we have to build it first, you know, and so we have now 11,000 hours of testimony recorded. Um, And so we're the largest recording since the WPA recordings of former, formerly enslaved. So going forward, um, you know, I would love to have a partnership for museums and exhibitions, but that's no different than I want to have a partnership, you know, with DuSable Museum right. or any other museum around the country, yeah. you know, to tell the stories. So we, we see ourselves as a very good um, online representative partner, you know, and doing programming because we love doing programming. Yeah. Well, listen, I just want to thank you so much, Juliana Richardson, founder and executive director of the History Makers, for sharing uh, this time with us. I want you to continue to be safe during this pandemic because you're a jewel. And I hope someone had sense enough to make you one of the history makers. <laughs> I hope somebody had that sense. And the other thing, uh, tell our listeners, where can they go if they want to, um, you know, see the archive on- online? Yeah. org, or they can go to Chicago Public Library and look under Electronic Resources, and we're there under History Makers. So that's, and I just wanted to say, like, 
our last um, last year was our 20th anniversary, and in December we had 20 days and 20 nights of programming that are also available on our YouTube channel. And really, the community, the national community, surrounded us in such wonderful ways that um, you know that's there for people to to look at. Um, because all of our evening with programs, all 36 of them now are airing on PBS. WTTW will be airing a documentary series that was hosted by James Avery and produced by Stan Lathan out of L.A. Oh, that's awesome. So just, you know, people look. But anyway, you know, we're always trying to raise money so we can continue our work. Um, But we really appreciate this opportunity. And Perry, you had talked about working with our content and we would love to do that oh yes absolutely i i I think bond tv which is our new streaming would just benefit so much from uh having you with us but you know what juliana was so nice to talk to you again i remember when you got started because i was a reporter and i had reported on it for the citizen or or wvon or someone but it to see it grow like this Never in my wildest dreams. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And Curtis Kojo Morrow has been on the line. He's he's one of the history oh, makers. Yeah. He's one of our history he's makers. He's one of the history right. makers. So I, I was paying attention, Curtis. And he's had a he has a wonderful history. Like you said, you know, the famous and the unsung. And Curtis That's is right. one of those unsung. All right then. Thank you okay. so much, Juliana. Okay. Have a great weekend.